Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, along with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman from the award-winning PBS TV show, Under the Radar, Michigan. Occasionally, these guys invite me to join them on the road, where we get to meet interesting people and see interesting places. Anytime like, I can use like local food or as local as possible, I get all of my burger patties are from Purchase in Alpena. And then I also get my burger for my meatloaf, which we go through a crazy amount of meatloaf, like crazy amounts. We get that from a friend that has a place down in Peck. So I try and do things as local as possible. And today, we'll revisit some of those people and places as we travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Glad to be back with you again this week and happy to tell you that I am joined by Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman from the PBS TV show Under the Radar. You forgot Emmy Award winning PBS TV show. I didn't forget. I just knew you'd bring it up over (laughs) and over and over. Hey hey guys, you know, it was really fun. Uh, I don't don't know when it was, but a while ago back. Last year. Yeah, we we spent a lot of time together. About a year and a half on the road together. It was uh, was quite a a time. And we went around and we talked to a whole bunch of people and we're going to kind of reminisce and 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 kind of hear some of those conversations we had again in today's program. Right, and uh, it's going to sound something like this. Are you ready for fun and adventure? Are you ready to watch a couple of guys wander Michigan like Kane and Kung Fu? Well, hold on, because what you're about to see is real. The names haven't been changed because we want to blame these two guys for everything. Now, what do you get when you take two men on a Michigan mission, pack their bags, and throw them in the car? You get a pure Michigan road trip, Tom. That's right, Dave. You ready to explore this great state? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. Uh, where'd you park the car? Uh, you drove last, actually. Yeah, but I gave you the keys. Did you? Yeah, press the little button thing. Well, the good news was that we did find the car, and we were able to <laughs> get back on the road and and actually had to do a lot of places. One of the places we went to was Bay, Bay City. Bay City, mm-hmm. which has uh, gone through a huge resurgence. Love that city. If you are a Beatles fan, um, even if you're not and you like coffee, this place you have to go to. Oh, and, and more words packed into an interview than I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the coffee. <laughs> between you two and the, the owner, it was wonderful. Now, for the next part of our pure Michigan road trip, we bounced over to Bay City for a place called Beatles and Beans Coffee Emporium where the beverages they serve are as stimulating as the surroundings in which you sit. Yep, Brad and Peggy Wilderman created something so special that we had to sit down with Brad for a cup of joe and some bona fide Beatles banter. Now, if you're a Beatles fan, Dave and I have found an eye candy store in Bay City that also happens to serve really good coffee that you absolutely have to come to, right Dave? It is, it's called uh, Beetles and Beans Coffee Emporium in Bay City, Michigan, and it is beautiful, it truly is. We're here with Brad. Brad, how did you come up with this idea? Wow. Wow, what a, what a great idea, huh? I don't know, it started in about 2001 or two, three or so. I decided after 
being the biggest karaoke DJ spot in Bay City where people would come and sing and dance and have fun, I decided to change it up a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it started out with just a Beatles poster. And I said, you know what? That looks pretty good. I like that. And next thing you know, another poster moves in. I said, you know, I like the way that looks too. And I've always been a fan of the Beatles. Always been a fan of the Beatles. Yeah, well to walk in this place, it's like you're walking into a Beatles dream. Oh, it is. The pictures on the internet don't do it justice. Yeah, it really doesn't. There's all kinds of videos and pictures out there, and people have constantly got their cameras and cell phones going in here, but it doesn't do it any justice until you come in and see it three-dimensional. It's, uh, it's really, be able to touch people's lives when they walk in the door is just incredible. When, when all ages, yeah. from oh this to the people that grew up with the Beatles. Yeah, my yeah. mom, when we were little, we had my mom went out and bought us all Beetle wigs oh, neat. and little Beetle boots. We yeah. did tennis rackets oh, and we put, on, we put on Beatles shows for yeah. my mom. Oh, that's cool. And I see so many things here, posters that I had, yeah. toys that I had. Yeah, you bet. Where did you find oh. this much stuff? Well, this is truly a treasure in the hunt for sure. And it's, it's from all over the world, this stuff. I involved with a lot of online auctioning. And I'm always looking. People think Beatles and Beans has everything and there is Beatles. It's so far from the truth. There's so much cool stuff out there. But then when I get it, it's like people say, man, what's your favorite piece in here? There's so many cool pieces. So I'll tell you what it is. It's the piece when I get it in my hand for the first time and go, whoa, that is cool. And then it gets put up into play or put away and it's on to the next piece. I don't have a favorite. Yeah, I don't know how you could. Well, Brad, inquiring minds will want to know, you yeah. sell coffee, but mm -hmm. do you sell your memorabilia as well? I do have a retail section over here that I sell all kinds of Beatles mementos and treasures and unique items. The stuff on display is generally not for sale. Right. But we should also mention you have really, he has really, really good coffee here too, which is why you people, a lot of people come here is for a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. But I can't think of a more, mystical, magical, wonderful place to sit down, enjoy a cup of coffee, oh, and that's I mean, cool. so we all have a, a yeah, great, great cool. memories, great yeah, stories, you so. You bet, even the little ones that come in, they, they think they know who the Beatles are, and they love them, and they're buying the pins and the watches and all that, but why do they get older and really, you know, see how timeless this is? What's, what's your one, what is your one sentence description of this place? A one sentence description of this place would probably be the biggest musical, magical, specialty beverage spectacle anywhere to be found across the universe. It's like a magical mystery coffee tour. It, it, <laughs> thank you. It certainly is. Pow. Uh, just hearing that interview again uh, makes me hungry for that really great coffee. Thirsty, I suppose I should say. Yeah, it was great coffee. And again, if you're a Beatles fan, which I am, um, it's it's like going inside Paul McCartney's brain. Oh, it was something else. <laughs> it's everywhere. There's stuff on the ceiling, on the floor, of course the walls, but there's stuff stacked up. It's it's amazing yeah. how much memorabilia he has. And I tell you, if there's one segment of all the programs we've done together that I think people should go to your website and look for it, it's that one because I thought some of the videography you did, Jim, was yeah. really spectacular. Oh, so thanks, what's that website? Uh, it's uh, utrmichigan.com. Also, go to our uh, YouTube channel. How do they find the YouTube channel? Just go to YouTube, type yeah. in Under the Radar Michigan. There you go. See? And subscribe, <laughs> subscribe and like. Yes, as, as the kids say. And, and make sure to Are find you an that. Influencer? Uh, <laughs> make sure to find that Beatles and Beans. That that was really something else. I tell you what, we're going to head to Detroit next. We're going to talk to a couple of guests that uh, we met along that way. So stick around to Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman from UTR Michigan. Do you say UTR? Uh, we say Utter. We're the Utter Show. That's what UTR says. <laughs> we say it all. The we Utter Show that people might want to watch. <laughs> exactly. And one of the places we spend a lot of time is Detroit, because mm. Detroit's gone through such an amazing resurgence. And if you're a foodie, Detroit has become a destination for people around the country if you love food. Um, and, and it's funny. People say to me all the time, you've been on the air for 12 years now. Aren't you running out of things to feature? Oh. And I always say, no, because the young people are doing creative, extraordinary, yeah. amazing things all the time. Right. Yep. And the person you're going to meet in just a minute is one of those amazingly creative, intelligent young people who has changed, helped change the food scene. Here. Our Pure Michigan road trip took us to a place in Detroit that'll take you on a creative Afro-Caribbean cultural and culinary quest. It's called Yum Village. Now, Chef Godwin E. Hentugi has a vision for this place. And as far as I can see, both his taste buds and his eyesight are 2020. Chef, I gotta tell you, your backstory is as fascinating as your food is flavorful. What? I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, your dad was an engineer down here in the New Center area. Yep. You went to and graduated from Wayne State. Yep. And you started this place as a tech a tech company. It started. Yeah, it started off as a tech company. This is correct. Okay, you take it from there because I'm confused. <laughs> so, so we were a food company that started off as a tech company. The whole idea was that we were going to be an Airbnb for chefs to help them find underutilized space locations and then double up as a ticket sales component to help promote those events which, for which, which makes perfect sense that you're at a restaurant. <laughs> My brain's going to explode. Are you? You must be really smart because I don't understand anything you just said. <laughs> well, well, it is kind of interesting because you were working with the Bedrock companies, right? Right. right. I was a I was a mortgage banker. I, I was a loan originator. I, I was there for two years, and during that time, there was a competition where you could pitch your ideas, and so I, I pitched my idea, uh, and that ultimately led to us doing pop-ups around the city and eventually growing from pop-up to food truck and food truck to restaurant and those are all gate those yeah those are all gateway activities you know <laughs> right to the restaurant that's how it started well tell us about this restaurant because uh, yum village what, what do you specialize what makes it special so uh yum village no relation to slum village even though i'm a big <laughs> fan uh specializes in afro-caribbean eats uh, and so the whole idea behind it is chef prepared meals Afro-Caribbean eats. Uh, the biggest thing behind it is that we want to uh, push the diaspora and also open conversations about the culture of the food beyond us just eating it. And what is jollof rice? Right. Jollof rice is the almighty one-pot style rice that I believe most uh, rice dishes come from. Uh, back in the 14th and 16th century, uh, when the Portuguese were on the ports of Benin, uh, rice kind of was introduced into that area and then we brought that rice over here to america when it was getting made in africa it was originally using barley before it was replaced with rice and then that rice jollof combination became garlic onion tomato as well as other assorted vegetables in one pot that was then cooked and then transferred over here. So when we see jambalaya, when we see uh, gumbo, when we see the Gullah Geechee Red Reds or the, the Charleston Reds, th this is actually where it came from. So how did you learn all this? You have such a great 
base of knowledge about the food, about the history. Great so, stories. So one thing, I read a, a ton. You, you gotta stay, stay researched. And, and much like the very first Mexican restaurants or the very first uh, Asian restaurants and Indian restaurants that opened up here, a lot of folks just don't know uh, anything about the food. And so 50% of our conversations are explaining what the food is before it gets ordered. This kind of experience is so much fun. Oh, I mean, just because it's an adventure. It's not just going out to dinner and getting a burger and some fries. It's you learn something, you feel something, um, you connect with the community, which you do a lot of, right? Right, yeah, we, we uh, support quite a bit. We um, do about 50 to 100 meals to disenfranchised communities every day. The partnerships with uh, Brilliant Detroit, uh, and federal help kitchens, as well as uh, other organizations like Neighborhood Service Organization, Phoenix Center and Alternative for Girls. Uh, my mother works at NSO, Neighborhood Service Organization, so it's very important to give back. And I went to U of D Jesuit as well, where I'm a cub for life, and one of the things that we uh, always uh, resonate there is uh, men for others, and so I, I do my best to, to be that every day. The restaurant trade is not for the faint of heart. This is a difficult trade. It's really rough, and so I was impressed that you have some retail items here as well that kind of yeah. still fit into the theme to help with the profitability and I'm sure it helps you be, pay your staff better and all that. 100%, I, I mean statistically, uh, you know, one in five makes it past five years and then of that number that survives, only 60% of them make it past three years. And so you start to think about sustainability in restaurants and, and what makes you grow. And honestly, it's, it's gonna be people. You've gotta be able to have a good team, invest in the team, and you've gotta be able to pay out, you know, but since we're in a transient space and, and that's contingent on people coming through the door, we do our best to, to add to those alternative revenue streams. So we've got clothing that like kind of shows what the food is, like mafe is a traditional Senegalese West African stew uh, that we sell here, as well as bath and body products and soaps and bars, uh, fresh made juices, just things to, to keep us going and, and, and keep a few of our folks on salary. That's what I love about your restaurant, is it's it's not just about the great food, it's a cultural experience. Absolutely. I mean, tell me a little bit about the, uh, the mural on the wall outside. So, um, the mural on the wall, uh, which was done by Backpack uh, Durden, an amazing uh, female artist here from Detroit, uh, is uh, synonymous with African culture. It is the Ayo, and the Ayo, uh, much like a lot of the different cultures, like the Greek and the Roman, they had the gods, and with uh, our culture, uh, we have the Orisha, which are pretty much very similar. You've got the Orisha of water, Orisha of wind, Orisha of fire, and the Ayo are essentially guardians that kind of protect uh, the realm uh, from the living and the dead and then help cross over uh, those that pass on. Wow. You, dare I say, are one inspirational dude. Oh, I man. mean, seriously, <laughs> I am so impressed with the place and you, I mean, yeah, I can't, yeah, I'm speechless. You go, take it, Dave. A couple of underachievers with this young guy here. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, so congratulations for what you're doing. We love it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dave, let's eat. Time let's to, uh, go. It's time for us to do our research. <laughs> Which we're good at. <laughs> if you're looking to expand your palate to more wonderful and worldly places, and at the same time get to know some awesome Detroiters, Yum Village, is a really good place to start. But I'm telling you, once you taste Chef Godwin's creations, 
you just might want to finish here as well. That young man uh, really was so impressive. Uh, and you know, you you guys know I'm like a burgers and fries guy. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. generally tater try tops. new things. Yeah, tater tater tops. <laughs> that's that's the, exotic for you. The, the tater tops king. <laughs> yeah. So you know, trying new foods, mm-hmm. uh, especially ethnic foods, I really I just don't. I'm always afraid of like things being too spicy or whatever. Right. That was exceptional. I love his path that took him to this restaurant. Yeah. You know, with, with being in the IT world and his father, <laughs> you know, taking them out of their home and bringing them to Detroit back, yeah. back for his parents. But it's just a wonderful journey. What we learn from people on the show is how they got to the places they are. Yeah. And, and he and was so fascinating I that I listened to that twice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, you know, and, and even the way you guys uh, began and, and now do this under the radar uh, Michigan program, this entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. that that is um, you know out there in Michigan, it's pretty special. Yeah, um, it's we're like a lot of people that had to reinvent themselves, and we did it. And in spite of us, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> we're just because uh, there's nothing. I mean, we're not the smartest guys in the room, but we um, it's all sincere and passionate. Well, and we were talking the other day that had we found this ten years earlier, what a difference this could have made. I'd be better looking. <laughs> well, exactly. We'd be more tired now. But I think you know that that joy of being able to tell these stories is why we do this. Yeah, it really is. It has to be. I mean, you have to really, really want to be able to do what you do. And we're lucky to be able to uh, hear about uh, some of the folks you've met along the way on today's program. We're going to actually kind of stay in Detroit or go back to Detroit with our next segment. So stick around. This is going to be really well worth it, as will the uh, final guest of the program right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman Yay. from Under the Radar. And, uh, you know, we were at uh, Yum Village mm-hmm. in Detroit with the last segment. We're staying in Detroit again with this segment. And this is totally different. Absolutely different. <clears throat> oh, completely. You, you can't eat what we're about to talk about. <laughs> no, well, you can. Well, you can. Yeah. It's just you may get in trouble. <laughs> well, I suppose some of yeah. it you probably could. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think this is, you know, just talking about, you know, the different experiences you can have in Detroit. Yeah. Because it is an awesome, awesome place, and if you're out there somewhere in the uh, in the world and you are not in Detroit right now and you haven't been in Detroit for a while, you need to go there not only to experience everything but to experience the next place we're going to. And yeah, one of our jewels is the uh, Island Park of Belle Isle, mm-hmm. and my daughter walks her dog there every day. She lives in the city. And yeah, you'll find this on the island, and it's something that's very, very Now, if special. you've ever been to the Island Park of Belle Isle in Detroit, you know that it's one of the most beautiful places in the world to spend a day. But thanks to a nice gentleman overseas, it just got a lot nicer. That was more beautiful. That wasn't me, by no, the way. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool place this is, Tom. This is the Odolf Garden on Belle Isle. Yep. And we're here with uh, one of the fellows who, who made that happen. And uh, His name is Duncan Campbell. There he is right you. there. It, it, this is incredible. I was expecting a garden, not gardens. You know, it's amazing. So this is a 2.5 acre garden made up of 15 individual beds, a rain garden, and a wetlands area. And it incorporates 32,000 plants and grasses and 48,000 bulbs that were all planted in 2020. 
Well, Duncan, the really cool thing about this is the way this garden fits into the island like it was originally designed to be here. I mean, this is a beautiful space, and you found a way to really make it part of the island. It's really neat. We didn't make it, uh, we didn't find the place Pete Uldolf did. And so we toured him around Belle Isle and he looked at all the different spaces, Sunset Point, et cetera. And then we were on the other side of the, the MacArthur Bridge. He says, Duncan, do we have extra time to go over to Belle Isle? We drove back over, we had 20 extra minutes. He came around this corner here with the conservatory on one side, as well as the Nancy Brown Peace Carillon on the other side. And he said, stop, and he said, I want to make my garden here. And what Pete specializes, if you think of him as the designer of the Highline, the plant designer of Lurie Garden, he likes to connect spaces. So he is connecting the conservatory with the Carillon, with the Remick Banchell, and with the Flynn Pavilion in this space that people who come here will, will walk through the garden and experience the whole cultural district on Belle Isle. Yeah, and, and if you don't know who Pete Udolph is, he's a world-renowned, famous garden designer. He's, he's designed famous gardens in New York, in Manhattan, in Chicago. And what he does is he designs these incredible green spaces that don't look like they've been designed. They look natural, and they're meant to provoke emotion. It's like you see more than is there because of the beauty, the natural beauty. So Pete designs gardens not as just a colorist, but also as a structuralist. And what he does is he takes perennials, and 90% of the perennial plants we put in this garden are from the state of Michigan. He loves the north central perennials. He plants them in dense groupings together where they coexist and then besides bringing color seasonally throughout the year, it also has structural throughout the calendar year. And so you only cut it down once in the end of February, beginning of March, everything stays in place, no fertilizer, very sustainable, and it's a curated landscape, and it's a super pollinator environment. So birds, bees, etc love his gardens and they attract it from all over. We have great wildlife pictures. Oh, it's uh, just a masterpiece by a master gardener. Now I know why they use those terms, because <laughs> this will show you why. Now, of course, when I come here, I love the beauty, but I really won't know what I'm looking at, because I'm not a master gardener. And you've created this app uh, where you can learn what the various plants are in various areas. Tell us about that. So we developed a geographic information system for the garden. And we have over 2,400 different groups of plantings. And if you're on your iPhone or a tablet that has data enabled for cellular or on your computer, you can zoom in with weekly drone imagery right down to the individual plant. You can overlay his perennials design or overlay his a bulb design. You can look through it and you can click on a plant and it'll pop up with a picture of that plant, as well as you can click on the speaker button and it'll do the pronunciation of the Latin name of it and it'll tell you how many are there. In addition, on the website, you can go to it and you can click and see what's in bloom. So what is in, in bloom that particular week so you can concentrate on what has color. Yeah, again, what I love about his designs is they don't really look designed, they look natural, but they're beyond natural because of the groupings and the way he does it, and it evokes these emotions that you don't usually get when you're in a 
a prairie. Uh, and that's what this is, it's like an urban prairie. It's an urban curated landscape palette prairie and that is why he is the rock star garden designer in the world today. He has redefined gardening as it is and he's a big proponent of what's called the Dutch wave or the new perennial movement, bringing these elements together in a more impressionistic type perspective as opposed to a linear Geo uh, geometric type perspective. And so he's very naturalistic. He has three designs in this garden. One is his block plan that are in squares juxtaposed together. One is his matrix plan, which has a backdrop of grasses. And then he has groupings of plants within it. And then the third is his grouping plan, which are curvilinear clumps of plants juxtaposed. And so there are 164 different plants and forbs in the garden. And there are 40, uh, there are 30 different types of bulbs in the garden. And each, his designs are in each different bed individually. And this is the first time in the United States that he has done all three of his designs in one location. Mm. Well, that's what I love about Detroit is all different kinds of people live in Detroit. And now all those people can come here and see all these different kinds of plants cohabitating in such a beautiful, I mean, Belle Isle, what a jewel this island is. So he picked the site, and Pete Uldolf loves Detroit. He's been here four times. He's brought his family here to vacation for a weekend. He loves the street art. He loves the attitude of Michiganders. He loves the grittiness and the opportunity in Detroit. He likes the can-do attitude. And so that's why we were all shut down and, and sent to our rooms during COVID. Some of us snuck out to make a garden here on Belle Isle. You naughty gardener, you. <laughs> glad, glad you did, though, because uh, as Belle Isle is coming back as a state park, you know, this is a really special place for the people of Detroit. We've always seen this as their central park, and it really is. Uh, but for people from all over the state, all over the country, all over the world, just another reason to visit Detroit and to make sure to stop at Belle Isle. It is going to be on the the High Line in New York and Lurie Garden in Chicago are two of the top tourist destinations in New York and Chicago, respectively. This garden, we've had uh, coverage uh, in, um, in Europe, in the Wall Street Journal. We have had an architectural digest in Italy and in Germany. Already, even before it opened, it's very well known. And so once it opens, we think a lot more people will come to Michigan to appreciate what Michigan has to offer and especially this Uldolf Garden Detroit on Belle Isle. Yeah, if, if you get a chance, get to Belle Isle, come and see this incredible natural wonder. Um, and Pete Udolf may not be here, but I believe he used Pete, correct, in, in the garden? Oh, yeah, Pete, Pete That's is- a bad joke. Yeah, Pete is everywhere in this garden. It's his design, <laughs> it's his contour, it's his beds. We are just implementing his vision. I got that joke from Dave, by the way. That was not mine, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, don't take credit for that I wouldn't that plant one. that in your mind, ever. <laughs> another, good, another good dad joke. <laughs> we'll keep on going. I'm not very good with Dutch, so I don't really know if we had it right with... Is you it, say Odolf, I yeah, say Udolf, yeah, it's, it's a, Pete Udolf. Yeah, Pete Udolf. Yes. Well, I, I tell you, I was so impressed with the gardens even then when they were basically just just basically planted at the time. Yeah, I've yeah, been back several new. times actually and it's an amazing place to go and talk about bee friendly. 
It's saving so many of the bees. What I find amazing, and this is the health of Detroit, that a man with the credentials that Pete has can be lured here to build a garden that will bring in millions of visitors every year. That's how you know Detroit is healthy. Absolutely true. And without the volunteers who made that happen true. and the folks who went out there not only to you know dig up the gardens and make that space available and come up with all the money, uh, how, I mean, these things would be impossible. So that spirit of community love really comes across when you visit that, that really beautiful garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just can't say enough about how impressed I am with that project and everything else happening in Detroit. Really something special. We're going to head now up to that sunrise side of the Lower Peninsula uh, for a really cool restaurant. We're going to do that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman from the PBS TV show Under the Radar. And we're going to head up to an area that I guess I would normally describe as, unfortunately, one of the least visited parts of the state. I say unfortunately because more people should be going there. The sunrise side Mm -hmm. in the lower peninsula is a spectacular place. It's basically north of the uh, Saginaw Bay. Exactly. And it's, it's... it was, I actually wasn't that familiar with it or that fond of it until we started doing the show, and now I have fallen in, in love with the sunrise side. Well, and actually, Jim Edelman fell in love with, well, literally, with, yeah, with the sunrise yeah, we side We featured well. uh, the, my Tiki Resort up there, and Jim went back up to just to film some B-roll the next weekend, uh-huh. went and fell in love. I got yeah. married. And got married, and now he owns a resort. And so, this, this knucklehead did the uh, the. And uh, I service. actually married them, which means it'll never stick. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, true confessions. Yeah. Did you really own only go back to the My Tiki Resort just to record, or did you have other things on your mind? Well, she I, was attractive, and it, still is. And yes, <laughs> and that is true. But I was going up to go visit friends in Alpena, so I, it was convenient that in the time that it took to get to know her, it, it just kind of blossomed. I could see in the embarrassment in your voice that, um, that, that <laughs> I struck the a chord. Yeah. That's, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, and Teresa is is marvelous and, mm. and does a great job there at My Tiki. Thank you. And, you know, not too far away from My Tiki on, it's 23, right? Yep, it is. 23 that, that meanders along the shoreline, and it's, it's a, a wonderful beautiful, drive. beautiful drive. Really worth, worth uh, just taking a little drive on. If you're going north, and you're north of Oscoda, mm-hmm. it's about it's 20 in, minutes it's north. It's in Greenbush. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fifteen if you drive like yeah, Tom. You get to, yeah, you get to Greenbush, <laughs> and um, you get to what is it called? It's called the Red Fork, and out in front of this restaurant <laughs> is a giant red rooster. It makes so sense. It'll you'll you'll see why in a minute. Now, if you're traveling north on US 23, about 10 miles north of Oscoda, you're going to see a cute little restaurant with a big red rooster out front. Pay no attention to the rooster because it's called the Red Fork Restaurant. We found it. It's wonderful, and we'd like to know, why is there a big red rooster out there? So, it was important, when I purchased the place, it was important for me to keep the history of the restaurant. The restaurant's been here for like 50, 60 years, maybe more, I'm not exactly sure. Um, But the original name of the restaurant was the Red Rooster. So, that's where the red part comes from. And actually, when I started looking at the place, I started thinking about the name that I wanted to have. And I had read a story on Facebook that a grandma 
had told her granddaughter to always carry a fork with her because if you always have a fork, you're always prepared for the best. And like when you're at a fancy dinner and someone leans down and they're like, save your fork, dessert's coming, you know something better is coming. And so I kind of felt like, even though like there's so much history and I get customers that come in all the time and they're like, we've been coming here for 50 years, you know, or whatever, different times and stuff. I knew that it was important to keep something there and I felt like the red is there and then the fork and you always have a fork, you're always prepared. And I do think that like the best is yet to come for this place. Well, this is a cute little place. You've done such a great job with it. Um, But you know, it's a small town. So if you're going to be successful, you have to serve really good food. So tell us about your food. Um, I just serve food like I cook it at home. I cook everything from scratch and I love food and my husband and I love food so we go out to eat and I get inspirations from that and I bring them here or I Google or Pinterest and I just that's where I get my inspiration from. Well, this is the kind of place because we're foodies and when you're traveling this is the little kind of little treasure that you find that makes the trip so much more fun, interesting, fulfilling. Emphasis on full, fulfilling. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean your food. I mean, full disclosure, we've been here. I came here with my wife before, and she said best be- eggs Benedict she's ever had. Thank you. Um, I mean, where else can you get avocado toast right. around here? Uh, but you don't. You don't. Just, you do breakfast, lunch, and, and you dinner. do dinners. Yep. Only dinner on three nights a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All right. yeah. But yeah, the food is just more than you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Like I because my parents have a restaurant up in Roger City, right. I we sort of started like going outside of the box. Like not your typical like diner food. You can get food that's outside of the box in a family setting and that's what I want to do. When we came here last time, my friend was with us. He got a Bloody Mary with us for breakfast. Bloody Marys, mimosas, what's better at breakfast? Exactly. Well, you're you're a young person, so how did you get into this restaurant? It's uh, it's a really cool place. So, about, well, my, at the time, boyfriend, he lives in Harrisville, and we knew we wanted to move in together. So, started looking at options and like what I would do for a living, and because I had worked with my parents for the past 10 years, I was not gonna work for anybody. I couldn't work for anybody. I worked for myself, and I knew it would be impossible to like listen to somebody. <laughs> so, I was like, maybe I could buy a restaurant, you know? Well then, this comes for sale, and I said I wanted to look at it, and we looked at it, and that was history. So, and I bought the restaurant, we bought a house, and I'm here. Well, you're a, you're a, what I call a natural with food. Um, and what I love about this place is, I hate the expression, don't sweat the small stuff, because you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the little details here, like the flowers on the table yeah. are locally grown yep. and real. Yeah. They're so nice. I I'm literally sat down and go, hmm, is this plastic? <laughs> but yeah, it's all the little details. It is. It's, yeah. That's important to me. So what's your signature meal here? Um, for breakfast is probably the stuffed French toast. Yes, like that one is David a big salad. The raspberry French toast, and then we just added blueberry stuffed French toast to our summer menu. Um, but we also the bacon. People love our bacon. We use plastic bacon. Any time, like I can use like local 
food or as local as possible. I get all of my burger patties are from Purchase in Alpena. And then I also get my burger for my meatloaf, which we go through a crazy amount of meatloaf, like crazy amounts. We get that from a friend that has a place down in Peck. So I try and do things as local as possible. Well, this place is a treasure. It really is. Like I said, it's the kind of place that when Jim and Dave and I are traveling, we always hope you find something yeah. like this because we're foodies. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if you're, what, what are you, about 10 miles north of Oscoda? I think we're... Yeah, we're halfway between Oscoda and halfway between Harrisville. So. Awesome. Well, uh, obviously, people have discovered this place because they're coming in in droves. They're yeah. kind of circling us. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, they know us. They want this table. <laughs> that was really a great restaurant again. And somehow, again, we found a great restaurant where we enjoyed great food and did a little work on the side. Uh, great idea. Well, that's that is our mo. Yeah, that's, uh, how that's can true. we work food around <laughs> yeah. work? Food first. That's our motto. <laughs> food first. Well, and you know whether it's been in search of great food or just in search of great experiences, you found so many under the radar experiences right. mm -hmm. along mm -hmm. your path over these last several years, and. Uh, we actually, on this program, didn't talk about any of the places you've been to in the Upper Peninsula. So let's, let's oh take my a gosh. minute or so I, to talk about that. The Upper Peninsula, I call it our own out west, mm -hmm. our own big sky country. Where else can you find monks that make jam and jelly by the side of the road? Then you mm -hmm. go and you can find a lake of the clouds that is like... I mean, it's it's an amazing... Angels uh, sing. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, where else can you find uh, ice caves that you can go inside of? Mm. Well, even we went Uperstone hunting. Oh, just where recently. Where you use a UV light, and these things light up like it's a cigarette ember on oh, the yeah. beach. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, just went to Isle Royale. You know, saw a moose. I mean, yeah, the yeah. upper. Yeah, you that, didn't. I noticed that you went to Isle Royal yeah. and somehow forgot to bring me along. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, sorry, but well, there okay. wasn't en enough restaurants there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. One restaurant, only one, but uh, good enough for yeah. us. Well, there have been so many neat places. Uh, we only have a couple seconds. Um, just each of you, give me like one of your favorites mm -hmm. of the places you've been to in the whole world. I mean, UP? in Michigan. Oh, in Michigan. Oh my gosh, I'd probably have to say my Tiki Resort. No. No. <laughs> I would say the top of the Mackinac Bridge. Being afforded yeah. that opportunity to go up there three times has been phenomenal. You yeah, know, and I, I, would, I would probably add that too. I was, I'd, say the, I'd say the wine country on the old Mission Peninsula is all special, beautiful. every one of them. And the time you've spent with us has been special as well. So thank you, Tom Dalton, Jim Edelman, and we'll try to have you back again Thanks, right here on Travel Michigan. Where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.